Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back. Today, I'm gonna to be talking about mercy. And I'm going to use a, a little book in the Old Testament toward the end, one of the minor prophets called Jonah. Now, Jonah is an unusual story. I'm sure you know it. And we often think of Jonah as a very you know, angry and rebellious guy when we read the story. Chapter one, God gave him a clear assignment. I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to prophesy to Nineveh about their wickedness and tell them they have 40 days to repent. So Nineveh was a very large city for that time in Assyria. It was a three-day walk through the center of it, and it was the center of worship for the fertility goddess Ishtar, uh, also called Ashtoreth in the Old Testament. We see Baal and Ashtoreth worship in 1 Kings 14, 24, uh, with all sorts of revolting sexual acts and violence and even murder. And so we know the demonic is associated with this kind of wor worship. So if ever a place needed repentance, it was Nineveh. So why did God choose a prophet to go? Well, I think for two reasons, because he wants to show truth, wants to tell truth, and he wants to show mercy. And a prophet will do that. Uh, the prophet will shed light on their sin and call them to repentance, clarify what's happening in the darkness, and invite them to repent of their sins. So God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And forthwith, Jonah got on a ship to Tarshish. Now, Nineveh is about 550 miles northeast of Israel. Tarshish is on the coast of Spain, about 2,500 miles away. Uh, and it says in the scripture, Jonah wanted to go from the presence of the Lord. So is, is that ever possible? No. Psalm 139.7 says, where should I flee from your spirit or from your presence? And in verse 9, it says, if I settle on the far side of the sea, that's Tarshish, even there your hand would guide me and your right hand would hold me fast. There's nowhere to flee from the presence of the Lord. So a storm happened and the sailors are very frightened. And so they know it's someone's misdeed and they draw lots and the lot falls on Jonah. And so they say to him, you know, what have you done? And he tells them and he says, here's the remedy, throw me overboard. And so with some fear and trembling, they do so. He assures them, you know, God won't punish you. They throw him overboard and God in his mercy had a great fish that swallowed him and he stayed in the belly of that fish for three days and seaweeds were wrapped around his head. Um, engulfing waters threatened him. He felt the waves sweeping over him. He was distressed and he was desperate and then he prayed. Then he cried out to the Lord. Then he asked for mercy and he made some vows to the Lord. I assume the vow was, I will go and do what you want me to do, what you've asked. So chapter three, the fish vomits him on dry land and Jonah quickly made his way to Nineveh. And it said he walked a day through the city. Now it was a three day walk through the city and it just took him a day. So he was prophesying, he was preaching, and he was calling them to repentance. And the king of Nineveh heard about it. And when he did, he said, 
we have to repent. So he called his people to fasting and to repentance because he believed what Jonah said about God's displeasure and the coming judgment on that city. So God in his mercy had sent Jonah. So now his mercy is even greater because our repentance draws in his mercy. Our distress draws in his mercy. And so God changed his mind about the disaster, the calamity that was going to happen. So you'd think Jonah would say, yes, I preached it. They heard it. God has his heart's desire. But no, we look in chapter four and it says that Jonah was very displeased. He was angry. And, uh, you know, there's appropriate anger when there's injustice. But Jonah's anger was really about his hardness of heart. He was not a man of mercy. And he even started making excuses to God about why he didn't go to Nineveh in the first place. And here's what he said, verse 2 of chapter 4. I knew you were gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relents about calamity. Now, I think this is a take on Exodus 34, 6. And rather than seeing God's wonderful goodness and faithfulness and mercy, Jonah's angry. In fact, he even says, why don't you just kill me? You know, just, just take my life, which is a pretty dramatic gesture. But, but what, what was it about Jonah? Jonah had no mercy. Jonah had been shown great mercy. God rescued him in this fish, got him to complete his assignment, would have blessed him for his obedience, and instead, Jonah had no mercy because he hadn't realized how deeply mercy had touched him. He didn't love mercy. He had no tenderness of heart for those in great distress in Nineveh and in great darkness. He only had judgment for them, only anger, only harshness. And God is so tender in his mercy. He's, he's beautifully invitational to us. 2 Corinthians 1.3 calls him the father of mercies. Isn't that beautiful? And if he's the father of mercies, we ought to be the children of mercy. Um, Ephesians 2.4 says he's rich in mercy. And Vine's Expository Dictionary says this, Grace is God's attitude toward the rebel. Mercy is his attitude toward those who are in distress. He is moved by our distress. He's moved to mercy. Mercy is this active compassion, this tenderness of heart that reaches out to someone in desperation and in distress and in need and lifts them up. It's not necessarily anything to do with uh, being feeling sentimental. It just sees the other and lifts them up. So God identifies with our needs and lifts us up. One of the things he's done for us in the cross. And beautifully, we can come to him in our distress. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can come boldly into his throne room of grace and obtain help, receive mercy. So some other scriptures about mercy in our distress. Psalm 57.1, now David was fleeing for his life from Saul and he's hiding in a cave now. And he says, have mercy on me, my God, have mercy. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Psalm 79, 8. May 
your mercy come quickly to meet us for we are in desperate need. Isaiah 63, nine, in all their distress, he too was distressed and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them and lifted them up and carried them. So notice these words, disaster, desperation, and, and distress. That's when God's mercy meets us. And then in the New Testament, we see in Matthew 15, 22, this Canaanite woman, uh, and she was crying out to him, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And even though she was a Syrophoenician, he had mercy on her. How often do we see in the New Testament as he's passing by, people crying out, have mercy on me, have mercy, heal my leprosy, have mercy on me. So he is rich in mercy and he keeps extending himself to us in our distress where we can't fend for ourselves and when we can't find our own solutions. And because of this, he wants us to be merciful to one another. So Micah 6.8 says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does he require of you? To love, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Many times those two things are paired, justice and mercy. Zechariah 7, 9, this is what the Lord says, administer justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. And then we have the story in Matthew 18, where uh, the king wants to settle his accounts. He, need, he needs some cash. So a man owed him 10,000 bags of gold. And he's brought before the king, and the king says, you can't pay it, I'm gonna send your wife, I'm gonna send your children to prison, and I'm gonna take everything you have. And the man, the man gets on his knees, pleads for him, and the king says, all right, I forgive you. I'll show you mercy and release you. Well, the man turned right around and went and found someone. Now, he'd owned he'd owed 10,000 bags of gold. Someone owed him 100 silver coins. And he grabbed that man and began to choke him and said, pay me everything. And this guy fell to his knees as well and, and said, I can't pay. So he had him thrown into prison until he could pay. Well, the king heard about it. And he brought the original guy back and he said, I had mercy on you. Shouldn't you turn around and show mercy? And it says, in his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he pay back everything. He was like mercy. He was like Jonah. He was shown mercy, but he couldn't take it in because of his hard heart and let mercy change him. And so what happens to us? When we aren't merciful, we're turned over to tortures and we're tortured by our own hardness of heart. If we want to reap mercy, we need to sow mercy. James 2.13 says, Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's one of the most beautiful phrases. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God gives us mercy again and again and again. He gives us mercy often when we've never even asked for it. How many times do we not even realize we've been recipients of his wonderful mercy? But he does love for us to ask, the Hebrews 4. He loves for us with bold confidence to approach his throne in our need, in our distress, 
in, in, in anything that is happening that we really don't have a solution and we need the Lord to come alongside of us and lift us up. And so where do you need mercy today? What do you need to ask the Lord for? How do you need a lifting up in your life? He stands ready for that. The Lord is near and he is rich in mercy. And then the other question I would ask is, who do you need to show mercy to today? He loves for us to show mercy to others. And he also loves for us to show mercy to ourselves. Sometimes we're merciful toward others and very hard toward ourselves. And that's not the Lord. He wants us to receive his mercy so deeply take it in that we show mercy to ourselves. We're not disasters. We're his beloved children. And I want you, as I close, just to remember this. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all our days. That's the kind of God we have. So think about mercy this week. Think about showing mercy to others. Thinking about taking in mercy. And thinking of, think about showing yourself mercy as well. Thanks for joining me today.